Buckle up, everybody, with your beards and your brews and whatever you have with you. It is me, Matt Wright. With me, as always, on Muddy America is Jason Lyon. And we are here to bring you all of the news that is fit to talk about. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about this guy later, but already squiggly line guy is doing what he does best (laughs) i love you bro oh man that's fantastic we will talk more about him but first i think that we need to cover because we do have a florida man with us did you hear about uh the woman who got arrested yesterday down there in florida i think it was in orlando no so she got arrested in a domestic violence charge um because she was trying to chop off her husband's wiener and uh she missed and so she was charged with a mr wiener so fun fact uh where i grew up is manassas virginia and manassas virginia is famous for three things uh the first battle of bull run the second battle of bull run and lorena bobbitt and for anybody who doesn't remember John and John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt, Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's penis and threw it in a field. Fun fact, that field was two blocks behind my house that I grew up in. That's incredible. That's like yeah. a historical landmark now. It is. It is. <laughs> How is every- I hope everybody is having a fantastic Sunday. Uh, you get the best of muddied waters with me and Jason here on, on occasional Sunday nights. And uh, we are here to talk to you about very important things. But first, before we talk to you about the very important things, how bad do you hate yourself in the morning? Do you all like wake the all the time? Okay. Do you like waking up and thinking, I want to hate myself more? Because we have the greatest thing for you if that is the case. Mud water. If you're like, I don't need a full seven-sevenths of coffee, and I want something that tastes like I licked it off the bottom of a hobo's foot, go with mud water. It comes with one-seventh of the amount of caffeine as coffee, and it is made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And it tastes... Just like as you would expect, <laughs> yes, just as you would expect those ingredients to taste. So, if you want to make this journey, and I don't blame you if you do, truly, if you want to make this journey, head on over to muddywatersfreedom.com/mud and get your mud water starter pack today, and we'll make like ten bucks. Speaking of getting all energized and stuff off of a, a poorly tasting drink, um. No, I wouldn't say poorly. Very richly tasting drink. There's a lot of rich flavors to that. Uh, you know, er- earlier today, I, I've now coined what is called the power nap. Most people think a power nap is just, you know, going laying down for a couple minutes. But if you drink a bang energy drink with those 300 milligrams of caffeine, which is way more than a cup of coffee, before you do it, you feel like that 30, 45 minute nap, you really get a full eight hour sleep on it. So uh, we are <laughs> energized and ready to go here. Yeah, we um I I have had much less caffeine than I normally have before a show. Um 
much less caffeine than I normally have before a show. And uh, I have had less kava than I've normally had before a show. So we're going to see how this goes. It's either going to be the best show I've ever done or the worst. Um, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. We're Stay all going to find out. We're all going to find out together. make a poll. Yeah, I wish we could make a poll. Which one do you guys think this is going to be? The best or the worst? We got we got two people falling oh, for the audio. I meant to do this you earlier. You guys, don't, don't you listen yeah, to him. Don't I listen to him. He was censored for a reason. <laughs> he was kicked off Twitter for reasons, and it wasn't what we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so, anyway. Jumping into kind of tonight's conversation, many of us have seen kind of the big hubbub around Twitter. Twitter has been just incredibly volatile the last couple of weeks. Uh, Elon Musk taking over, the volatility of people leaving, kind of the same way that we saw with the LP of, of, of sponsors and, and businesses cutting their ties with it. Um, the membership has blown out of of control and many people are saying well yeah we'd like to watch dumpster fire so we're going to be a part of the dumpster fire to watch the explosions um but nonetheless so we've had a lot of volatility happening around twitter and one thing that elon musk has been pretty transparent about is that he was going to be transparent with it and yeah. uh so this last friday i was sitting down uh with the one and only nolik trump and we were prepping to get ready what, to go live to what a great day <laughs> What a great yeah. day to talk and about campaigns. So, yeah. We're like, hey, we're going to talk about like lessons learned and like get other people ready to go run a campaign. And she was like, hey, did you see what happened on Twitter? I was like, don't don't talk about Twitter to me. And she was like, he dropped it. No. So this Friday, we have the actual releasing of what happened way back when. And we're going to discuss what is that way back when in the the actual, I would argue, the technocracy side of this, where uh, companies and businesses and tech are able to really control how our elections are run and what the what the public view is on things. And so this is something that is very important for us to kind of reconcile with and, and address and, and figure out, you know, is this an isolated incident? Is this something that's happening more widespread? But we want to go ahead and hop into this and give you guys all the details, give you guys some of our thoughts on this, and then let you guys you know, equip you guys with the stuff to where we can be better at discerning this in the future and, and be good stewards of, of liberty and freedom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as we all know, unless you took a technology and person break from Friday at roughly five o'clock Eastern until this moment, you know a lot of this story already, but, and actually, you know a lot of you knew the outcome of this story uh, a lot. You knew a lot of this story beforehand, and you knew that it was true beforehand. One of the greatest quotes I saw, I wish I could remember who tweeted it. I think it was Kurt, somebody, um, on Twitter. He said, I have never been more shocked and unsurprised at the same time. And it sums that's up. A, that's fantastic. That is a great description. Yeah, and we that's what it, this, but at the same time, what? Just yeah, I couldn't believe. Yeah, I was like, I can't believe this is. I couldn't believe it's all actually true. Uh, that once again, we here at Muddied Waters were right from the beginning, and I I love it when that happens. Um, but uh, it it was a situation where you knew that all of this was happening. You knew this was going down. We've known for years. Uh, 
anybody that has been following the show since you know pre 2020 has known that this is not my i'm not on my first facebook uh the one of the people we're going to be talking about today is probably on his fifth um he's definitely on his second twitter fifth this uh, year maybe <laughs> yeah um and muddied water we've been at we're close to having our our accounts kicked off of facebook where we've been uh we've been warned on youtube we've been uh admonished on twitter and we are all always at risk of being kicked off and we always said that it was uh you know the left the left and primarily the democrats in charge are the people who are the ones that are at the forefront of this and we were it's definitely not by accident it's definitely it is not, not by, by accident, accident that conservative and libertarian platforms are facing algorithm cha uh charges um and and part of this you know part of this is a cultural thing where people are more left-leaning when they tend to get involved with things like entertainment and um culture driving things it's just part of the ideology but then of course we become victims of kind of their utmost rain on all this stuff and you said something i want to i want to give a quick plug um because it also shows that i'm growing so chris spangle said so earlier you said you know muddy we here at muddy waters are we're correct and and you know i chris spangle made a post i think it was two days ago and he said once again i stand before you correct on what i said before and i said i wanted to leave the facebook comment i wanted to leave the comment of yeah every principal libertarian yeah <laughs> gets this feeling like welcome to libertarianism bud uh but i don't want to be that snarky guy so i am growing up so i need somebody to to publicly acknowledge that um but you know it, it's one of those things where we we talk about the the basic things and um there's a, a quote that we're going to talk about later on in the show um that i i just received before we start before we went live <clears throat> that we talk about kind of the comedy of it all um of us just being right we we come out with ridiculous bombastic conspiracy theories and then like two weeks later like oh yeah they were they were actually right and just i mean like, so yeah i'm not no we're we'll get into this in a little bit we're gonna get into this in a little bit and uh i can't wait because uh I, as squiggly line guy says vindication and i love it um so obviously on friday Elon announced that at 5 p.m. Eastern, they, they Twitter, would be releasing the Twitter files. It did not happen at 5 o'clock Eastern. Elon lied to us. We should never believe another thing he says. Um, but shortly after that, somewhere around probably 7 o'clock Eastern, um, a trove of documents and tweets were coming, uh, which were all basically centered on the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, started coming out, uh, tweeted by Matt Taibbi. Uh, and if you aren't familiar with Matt Taibbi's work, he used to work for the Rolling Stone or for Rolling Stone, not the Rolling Stones. Uh, that's a different thing. Uh, he used to that work for Rolling Stone. Completely different thing. Completely different thing. <laughs> um, but he, he used to work for Rolling Stone, uh, and then he went into freelance and now he has a very successful Substack. And a lot of people are now using this against him, saying, oh, well, he's just an independent journalist, blah, 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 blah. Well, so are we dicks, and we were right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't so, take that hard just to be independent and be objective. 
thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very easy. So leading up to this moment, there was a culture that was being cultivated at Twitter that Matt Taibbi documents here, where he says, in early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly, over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. It's weird, that last line there. First a little, then more, and then constantly. It's almost See, like were... it's that slippery. It's almost that slippery slope argument that we always get told. Oh, it's just fallacious. And it's like, wait a minute, it's not fallacious because it happens time and time and time and time again. It's just like eventually, you guys will realize that when you empower somebody to infringe upon somebody else, they're gonna use it a little more and more and more. Call it fallacious if you want to. We just have history on our side. Right. They just wanted the censorship to be safe, legal, and rare. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So, in, in October of 2020, the story dropped. And everybody knows the story. Um, Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was left at a uh, at Geek Squad. It wasn't Geek Squad, but it was a Geek Squad. Um, yeah. It was essentially it was the a, same it thing. It was a squad of geeks. It wasn't just it was, the... It, it, wasn't it wasn't the, the Rolling Stones. Squad. It was just Rolling Stone. Um, right. <laughs> but but I, I want to make sure that we know, like, we note this. This was October. October 14th. presidential year. This is the October surprise. Yes. That happens every October before every presidential election. Somebody gets a lot of dirt out there. And and you can get mad at the politicization of these things. You can get mad about the, the partisanship. But what happened here was was the covering up. And we're going to get to this. But the covering up of the October scandal, the last minute Hail Mary for, for throwing dirt on them. Um, so getting into that mindset of where we were in that time frame of why this is coming out when it was coming out, um, because this was a couple months old. Um it's interesting to see the way that this played out versus other October so, scandals. So for anybody, the, the Hunter Biden laptop, <clears throat> I, I, I've been paying attention to that story since it first broke and it first broke on louder with Crowder when uh, Rudy Giuliani asked to do an appearance on louder with Crowder. And he's like, Hey, I've got something I got to show you in his weird little New Yorker, I want to take away your rights voice. Um, 
But he's like, he 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 comes onto Crowder and he's like, this is the laptop. He it, it's filled with disgusting stuff, and he he's he kind of glosses over uh, the the business that it has about Ukraine, and is like, you would just think that he just smokes so much crack. He just smokes crack all the time with prostitutes, and then talks to him about his illegal Ukrainian business dealings, and you know, like that that was kind of how he pitched it, and he shows the laptop. And he's like, yeah, it's right here. I got it. The guys gave it to me from the thing. Um, and and for <laughs> I changed my Giuliani voice in the middle of that. Um, that's, but, fine. that's fine. Yeah, that's whatever. He's a chameleon. But he's a chameleon. That's all. He really, he truly is. He was, wasn't he a Democrat at one point? Um, so was Trump, though. So, uh, <laughs> so. The best Republicans were, damn it. <laughs> so was Ronald Reagan. So, you know. The best Republicans are former Democrats, according to Republicans. Um, but the parties are different. The parties are totally different. Anyway, so yes. not, not diving into that one. <laughs> so information about the laptop started coming out on the New York Post, from the New York Post article, in which they said that Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company. And we all know that this happened because there is video of Joe Biden bragging about it. That's just misinformation. Again, that's that Russian disinformation. Um, other things that you were able to see if you were to research the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop was smoking crack, while engaged with acts with an unidentified woman, um, smoking crack, woman. A, yeah, and potentially a former president's daughter, um, and smoking crack with supposed prostitutes while talking about his business dealings in Ukraine. Uh, there was crack, lots of crack, lots of Hunter Biden's little Joe. If you know what I mean. And I don't like to brag. So at the time, everybody everybody was saying, yeah, this is, this is disinformation. This is Russian disinformation. And I was looking at all the information that was coming out from the laptop. Mm-hmm. I don't want to brag about this, but if you were to line up a picture of 10 different schmeckles, I could pick hunters out of a lineup. Because he took a lot of pictures of it. He was checking out the vein structure. He was looking at the blood flow. He was looking at the girthiness, the circumference. I had to make sure they were the same. At all... Yeah, no, absolutely. He was. You, you can know just how, like, flood some people it look forward. at the ear markings? He does this with the dick stamp. It, it, the mushroom stamp, It Matt can pick it out of a lineup. I can. You could put if he thousand, smacks you, thousand if he smacks a prostitute across the face with it, I know it was him. There you and go. Then, if you wonder what Matt Wright does on a on a Saturday and Sunday evening, <laughs> he is uh, getting prepared for the metaphorical dick test. Yeah, squ- squiggly line guy agrees with me. I had to see way too many Hunter D's in the course of all of this, and I yes, me too. But I can pick it out of a lineup if I had to. And this is where uh, the term "pedo Peter" started coming into the into the uh, main line of. Uh, conversation because that is what he has his dad in his text messages as old pedo pete 
Which that kind of lends toward the Ashley Biden diary, but we're not here to talk about that. Um, Yeah. Now, after October 14th, more than 50 former Intel officials signed off on a letter outlining their belief that the uh, disclosure of emails allegedly belonging to Hunter had all the classic earmarks of Russian disinformation. Um, And... What's interesting about that, right? So you have all these former Intel officials saying that this is just misinformation. They're not going to actually counter anything. They're just going to say that this has signs and symptoms that this is other stuff that was was misinformation. So we don't actually need to address this at all. So you take the whole package and just throw it out. We don't need to parse through it. We don't need to discern it. We don't need to come in with any kinds of objectivity. It's almost as if it's almost as if this is like just typical partisanship out there on on capitol hill where oh it's one of our guys well and he's innocent and if you remember in the debates the i think it was the first debate which was by far the greatest television show i've ever seen in my life we were doing a live stream of that debate here on uh muddied waters muddied waters of freedom was doing it and honestly, I don't think that our commentary added anything to it because it was a dumpster fire and it was better than any reality show you could have watched because it was yeah. insane. But at one point, <clears throat> at one point, uh, Donald Trump was like, <clears throat> was talking to, uh, excuse me, was talking to, uh, he was arguing with Joe Biden because that's all they did throughout the entire debate. And he's like, You've got the laptop from hell, Joe. What's on the laptop? It talks about all of your legal dealings. And Joe Biden turns to him and he goes, over, over 50 former intelligence officials said that that is Russian disinformation. And people bought it because they said that it had all the earmarks. And he said that they said that it was. And that was where the divide was. They said that it had the earmarks. Joe Biden said that it was. Trump was saying that it wasn't. And that's where the divide was. It was either you believed it was disinformation or you didn't believe it was disinformation because nobody really went to go look except for me and Squiggly Line Guy. So it's really important that when we talk about this, there's there's when you do your journal journalistic investigation, there's really two ways to look at things. You can either look for the earmark or you could look for the dick stamp. And if you look for that mushroom stamp. <laughs> the dick stamp of freedom um <laughs> the old twitter dick stamp of censorship um so that was where we were now that was where we were with with everything going on but at this point twitter once this hit once this hit twitter went into the greatest election meddling possibly ever like the wheels started turning of how do we fix this? 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 Now, as the story was gaining steam and this story was being shared so fast across Twitter, yes. uh, it was one of the biggest shared stories before they uh, blocked the New York Post or they locked the New York Post out of the out of their account. Um, 
it's one of those things that it just it screamed of truth and it screamed of of serious controversy of nepotism of favoritism of uh illegality right so because the both the collusion and democrats are collusion it's you know all of these things that we listed in in the list above these are things that have already had major public scandals with other people on and so having somebody coming into the white house um with this being tied with their son and uh, including themselves being involved in some way shape and form um this was a major major story and so you know as you said twitter came at this of how do we fix this not is this true is this accurate what can we do how can we how can we make sure that we're we're doing the right thing here it was a matter of we need to take action and we need to take action now because it was spreading like wildfire so uh as the story was getting steam twitter shut down the account they locked they didn't shut down the account they locked out the new york post from their account allegedly at the request from the biden administration or well the biden campaign because they weren't the administration, the Biden campaign team. Um, and behind the scenes, they were discussing what to do about the story and how they could keep it from becoming disseminated across Twitter in the way that it absolutely would come across Twitter. Um, and I members think it's of- really important Go ahead. before you get there. Yeah, yeah. The Biden campaign. So a team running for office, people not currently in power, have enough power to convince, to enforce, or to change, to alter the way that Twitter was handling this. Um, so at the behest of them, somebody not elected. Yeah, and I don't think it's that they have enough power. I don't think it's that they have enough power. I put it that they had enough connections. Uh, that, that their, that their ideals were so much in line with the people that they were talking to at Twitter that they were like, look, it doesn't matter. Well, uh, Sam Harris, Sam Harris, Mm -hmm. uh, he kind of said it best where he was like, I wouldn't care if there were corpses of dead children, pictures of corpses of dead children in Hunter Biden's basement on that laptop. It was better that that thing was covered up. So we didn't get Trump. That was what the people of Twitter were thinking. That's what the Biden campaign was thinking. They were on the same page. It's not that they had power. It's just that they were so partisan in their ideas that they did not care about truth in that moment. Yeah. So, and I, so members of the uh, Biden team were searching out people who shared the link and archived versions of the story and requested that the post be removed. Um, so by 2020 requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back handled. Um, and as you can see, the fifth one down is twitter.com slash guy squigs. And that is our friend squiggly line guy. And if you are looking in the Facebook chat, if you're checking us out live, thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, but if you check out the Facebook chat right now, he is in here. He was trolling with the squiggly the lines, but now he is adding fantastic commentary. We love you, guy squigs, squigs guy. You are incredible for what you did um, in order to be listed and be given to the Biden campaign to be censored. Um, so I actually reached out to him and asked him. Uh, I just froze. Um, can you still hear me? I can still hear you. 
Okay, perfect. Um, so I, I I asked him for a quote on this. I said, hey, you know, what was your thoughts when you saw this? Now, um, uh, potentially Matt Wright was the one to find it and to send it to him to be like, hey, you're on this list, you know, sending him that tweet. Um, and and so his I think I said, response, hey, you made it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I asked him for a quote and his quote was, uh, and I quote, honestly laughed when I saw my name in the tweet, because of course they, that would happen to me as Elon Musk has stated as his rule, the most entertaining outcome is most likely I'm accustomed to losing accounts on both Twitter and Facebook. So at least this one for a verifiable, entertaining reason, um, this just really shows like how guy squigs is he is out there he is putting out great content if you guys are not following him you guys gotta make sure you're following him on facebook and on uh twitter um because he does give you the i mean for economics and for market stuff he he's been great but he's also is great for just giving you another person to look at for a moral compass um i've always i've always really respected him and you know um and what i've really learned from squiggly line guy from guy squigs is that deadpool is better in Japanese. Emery is going to come here and angry react this <laughs> so quickly. So quickly. We actually, so uh, funnily <laughs> enough, I, I put in, I put your quotes in the show notes and um, I made sure to put in red. So it's white background, red font, just like the Japanese flag, just for you, bud. So this is, so the fact that the Biden administration or the Biden campaign um, and the D so what guy squig says in the uh, in in the comments here for those of you listening on audio and thank you because that's how we get paid uh, don't forget the DNC likely has members that are in government it's a private organization comprised of public employees which is absolutely true if the DNC is making these requests there are people inside the DNC that do have members of government so they are absolutely part of that system um, but that isn't to say that the Republicans weren't doing the same thing, that they weren't going to Twitter saying, hey, can you remove this? Can you remove this? Can you remove this? As uh, Taibbi puts, uh, both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored, meaning that Trump also did it and that uh, requests were honored. However, the system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain open to the left in parentheses, well, Democrats than the right. And then he put in uh, the campaign donations of Twitter employees. And in 2020, 98, <clears throat> 98.5. 47% of all donations from Twitter went to Democrats. 1.53 went to Republicans. Not and a single was, libertarian in that group. What is not a, wrong with Twitter? That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with Twitter. Um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them. Um, yeah. but, I mean, if you want to throw your money inside your, inside your fireplace, you can. Um... <laughs> I would actually would have more of a problem if they were making large donations to I'd be like, what guys got to make better decisions with their money. But, but no, that showed in, and even uh, in, from that diagram, 2022 was even worse than that. Less oh yeah. 2020 Republicans. Yeah. 0.27 went to Republicans in 2022. 
so you know this is this is an organization that is largely largely favoring um democrats their party and everything else so of course what you would expect is um more favoritism to when there's a request from the left side of the aisle than versus the right side of the aisle and we will get into some of the partisanship of even uh members of congress who who were caught in their emails um so fantastic so when this was going out twitter need they were moving quick because you had to it was it was a very short window that everything had to be done in and it was throw anything at the wall and hopefully it sticks so they were taking extreme measures on this story and they were even going so far as to blocking the article from your dms i want you okay so anybody out there almost anybody watching the show right now has received or sent nudes through facebook or twitter they are not private messages they don't call them private messages they call them direct messages and why do they call them direct messages because they're not private people can see them twitter was blocking the article from your dms that's why you know it's not now slid into my dms it's not private stop sending things through that um and on snapchat don't send it through that not private people can see it um but they were uh, they're blocking the article from DMs and marking it as unsafe, which is a move that is usually used uh, for extreme cases like child pornography. You know, it's really interesting because uh, you know you use the 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 dick pics and they will censor stuff that they don't want to be sent across, but there are plenty of people who get the unsolicited dick pics. And so maybe if they're just going to scan stuff and check things out, if a picture is sent, maybe you should be able to say, I would like to accept what is, I believe to be a dick pic from the other recipient before that thing gets sent out. This would, this would actually would be a decent cure from, because they're already engaged in all the, the checks and all that. Not saying that this should ever be government regulated because fuck government. Um, but if a, a social media company was to do that, I'm sure that they would have a higher, uh, there'd be more value for women to come onto those platforms, especially because I mean, I, I apologize for all the, the ladies out there getting unsolicited dick pics. But if I could send you Hunter Biden's dick pic, um, you know, I'm probably going to send you that whole story from New York Post, right. <laughs> it's not hard to find that one it's all over the internet um so this was all happening october 14th like we said the election was november 4th i think i don't remember um nope yep you're right i think yeah um so they were roughly 20 days out from the election 20 days out from the election they had locked the new york post out of their account saying if you delete that tweet, you can have it back. And the New York Post was like, no, we're not doing this. We're not going to delete it. The White House press secretary, she got locked out of her account. And countless other people, like Squigs, got locked out of their accounts or accounts were just taken away because of this article. When Kaylee McEnany, Kaylee McEnany uh, was locked out of her account, The White House sent an email to Twitter saying, hey, do you want to review this? 
And the, Twitter responded that the laptop story had been removed for a violation of the company's hacked materials policy. One quick note. Um, so the tweet that was censored and taken down, which ultimately took down Guy Squig's, um Twitter account, that one uh, specifically, if you guys are interested in finding out what that is, you know, the little land of mystery, if you will, uh, I believe he said tomorrow morning at like 5, 6, 5.40 in the morning, some some obscure time, he's going to drop it in the chat, I'm sure, on Austin Peterson's radio show, which you guys can tune into anywhere you are on the interwebs, um, he's going to release what the exact tweet was. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in that, so I'm looking forward to seeing that tomorrow, so I'll be on Austin Peterson's show. Huh. I thought Austin's Peterson's show started at like 8:20. It was it, it seemed like some ungodly early time to me. But I'm so you had shift now. So it's 8 8:22 yeah, 8 central. Yeah. 8:20. That's, that's like 2 o'clock in the morning for me. Oh. That's nine that's 9:22. <laughs> it's it's so early it's so early it's so early <laughs> yeah um 822 so, austin peterson show check it out tomorrow central time you guys can see that but anyways back to back to press sec right so they they said that they were going to keep kaylee McEnany locked out of her account until she deleted the tweet they said hey uh this is do you want to review this? And they said, no, this violates our hacked materials policy. And as we discussed earlier, the laptop was given to a repair shop because it had water damage, which I'm 99% certain came from a crack smoking accident. Um, or he dropped it in the tub whilst smoking the crack. Uh, and it was dropped off by Hunter Biden. And it was never paid for. And he never came and picked it up. And so in their terms of service, in their policy, the repair shop said, if you don't come and pick it up in 90 days, it's ours. Yep. And, and what's interesting about the hacked policy is that we have discussed the contents of information that we've known was, was hacked information because we've talked about Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and some of the information that they've shared because they've received theirs from hacking. We've talked about uh, Manning and what what they had done in order to obtain some of that information and, and, uh, you know, clearly a security violation. We have talked about so many other instances where hacking and information being obtained through malfeasance has been shared openly on Twitter for so long. Trump's tax returns. Clearly. What was when that? the new Trump's tax returns, when the New York times got a copy of Trump's yeah. tax return because somebody hacked and got them. The New York Times printed them. They printed it or they put it up on Twitter and it blew up. Everybody was talking about Trump's tax returns. They did not enforce the hacked material for that, but they did on Joe Biden. And that is where you see that partisanship divide is you had them go, this doesn't count because it has to do with a public official. This counts because it hurts our cause. Yes. Yes, because the the not or allowing it is too detrimental to our cause. Um, 
this is one of those things that just looking at it without going into the without going beyond the surface of this um you know it's it's that bad and then it only gets worse when you understand you know that the the property was forfeited because he didn't collect it in the 90 days never paid for it so, so technically it was the what owner he had done was and i've done this with equipment electronics in the past hey i I have no need for this. This is broken. It overheats. If you can fix this, if you can repair this, you can go ahead and wipe it and do what you want with it. I have made a donation to that computer um, repair shop. That is effectively what uh, Hunter Biden had done, which means that that is now no longer his property. This is no longer uh, anything having to do with hacking. Them retrieving the information inside those things are... um, don't mind the scrolling bar, guys. Um, yeah, I'm just going to have to get rid of that until I can fix it. Yep. <laughs> I just realized it was still um, for the election. I sent you that at the very beginning of the show. It's fine. Um, oh, I put I put Zoom everything chat. on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> You're good. No, it was in the Zoom chat to make sure you could get it because I figured you put everything on Do Not Disturb. Uh, but, you know, so, so this is very surface level. This doesn't pass the SNP test. But we're going to get into the details of that and show you guys the exact emails. Yes. So earlier this year, Joe Rogan had a bombshell report with uh, Mark Zuckerberg where Zuckerberg came on. And Joe Rogan is, I can honestly say that I've listened to like clips of Joe Rogan. I don't think I've ever listened to an entire Joe Rogan in my life. I've heard clips here and there, the ones that kind of go viral and the ones that kind of make the big news, like Elon Musk smoking weed. Uh, the Alex Jones three and a half hour behemoth episode. Like I saw clips from that. Um, so like I saw the, these things and then I saw the Mark Zuckerberg one where Joe Rogan is so good that he got Zuckerberg to open up enough where he was saying, um, where he was saying, yeah, I, uh, he's like, yeah, the FBI came and talked to us about potential Russian disinformation that might be coming out and that we need to be on the lookout for. And that was when the Hunter laptop story broke. And we thought that it matched what it was that they were talking about. So we didn't go as far as Twitter where we just got rid of it completely, but instead we just pushed it down to the bottom of news feeds and made it where you can't really you can't really um, see it if you were to, if you were to, uh, if you were to share it, you wouldn't. Be, nobody would really see it, and nobody would be able to really find it. And that was that was their, that was what they wanted to do. Um, that was what they wanted to do. Oh no, that's worse. Um, that was what they that was how, that was how they wanted to do it because of what the FBI had told them. Now in Taibbi's tweet storm he said there was no evidence that uh the fbi or anybody told them that this was disinformation however knowing what we know about zuckerberg that the fbi came to facebook and said hey there's going to be stuff coming out and it was immediately before this story came out they gave them enough information and the and the power to be like okay we need to bury this story this is like in a in a terrible group of friends if you have somebody who's like that drama queen and you have somebody you walk up so you've got drama so the you sure yeah okay there we go you have the drama queen jason you have um you have matt and matt goes to sarah and says 
don't listen to anything that Jason says because he is just nothing but a drama queen. He's going to blow things out of proportion. He's going to lie to you. He's not going to make anything uh, anything honest. And so no matter what I say to Sarah now, it, the question, the framing is, is this going to be valid rather than trusting this, rather than like actually vetting this? So then I walk up to Sarah and I say, Sarah, did you know that two plus two is four? That clearly is Jason being a drama queen. Don't listen to this. They've already created the defense. They've already given the perception to Facebook. They've probably already given this to Twitter. But it was that framing of now all we have to do is say Russian disinformation that cues in for those people in, in those higher-ups because they're disseminating that information throughout. Um, so they've already got the framework built up. I mean, this is campaigning and politicizing 101. You want to frame things before they come through so that, that way anything bad that comes through you're already downplaying it you've already thrown it away and you're getting other people to disregard it rather than checking it out and and certainly if they would have looked at the mushroom stamp they would have known um right if you would have just looked at the simple mushroom stamp and looked at how accurate it was you would have known that this had Hunter Biden's dick print all over it um so the ex safety chief Yoel Roth, an ex-legal head, Vijaya Gotti, discussed what the warnings would look like um, in the company uh, in the company's channel, where Yoel Roth says the policy basis is hacked materials. Though, as discussed, this is an emerging situation where the facts remain unclear. Given the severe risks here and lessons of 2016, and that the severe risks that he is referring to. Is it's Trump president in office? Right. Is Trump winning re-election? And the lessons of 2016 is where, with Hillary Clinton's emails and uh, James Comey reopening the 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 FBI investigation on Hillary Clinton in the days before the election, people think that's why Trump won. We're erring on the side of including a warning and preventing the content from being amplified. To which Vijaya Gotti said, "What is the warning that will come up?" Yoel Ross says, new, when you click the link, you'll see the generic unsafe URL message in parentheses references spam, malware, and violations of the Twitter rules. Not ideal, but it's the only thing we have. To which Ian Plunkett, another attorney for Twitter, said, new, whatever we do in the comms, in parentheses, this will become a bias claim for Jack pre-hearing immediately. Let's make it clear we're proactively but cautiously interpreting this through the lens of our hacked materials policy and allowing the link with a warning and significant reduction of spread. They are talking about uh, uh, shadow banning this story. Yep. Any uh, levers in order to get this to, to be suppressed, any ways to stop the, the information from being spread and kind of, you can, you can kind of, at least the, the way that I read that you can feel the temperature of the room. We have to take action. It's an emerging situation. We have to take action. Now, what kind of straws can we grasp at? And they were like, well, this is it. This is all that right. we have. Yeah. Um. So as the news was spreading and people, we're here, like, so as everybody was 
the news of the laptop was out. Anybody that was involved in any way in the campaign knew about it. So, and we had already passed the point where Trump was saying, where Trump was saying, what about the laptop from hell? It's the, it's the laptop from hell, Joe. It's the laptop from hell. And Biden said his thing about, it's, it's obvious Russian disinformation, man, Jack. Hey, I'm surprised he got the full sentence out, honestly. Well, that was the um, one that he was all amped up on Ritalin for Adderall. Yeah. Um, but uh, everybody was saying, what about this laptop? What's the deal with this laptop? And and why did Twitter do what they did to the New York Post, to Kaylee McEnany, to anybody that was sharing this? Why did they do that? The mainstream media was not covering this anything at all. They were not covering it at all. So Congressman Rohit Khanna reached out to Vijaya Gadi to talk to everyone to Twitter about speech. And he wrote... This shocked me. Shocked. This shocked the hell out of me. Shocked me. Because uh, if you he, know Khanna, if you know Khanna, he is very partisan. And that that's fine to be part... I can't say it's fine to be partisan. You, but there's people that are partisan. He is very partisan. He is. But this came through, and I think this shocked them. Yeah, this shocked everybody that he wrote this. I had to look up to make sure it was the person I thought it was. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, uh, Hope you're well, Vijaya. Uh, this seems like a violation of the First Amendment principles. If there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the NYT was to publish it, I think the NYT should have that right, hence the uh, tax returns. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in the keeping of the principles of, of New York Times versus Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. But the story now has become about censorship or become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails. And it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. It also is now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would have been a mistake. I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or put in its trending news. And your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance. But in the heat of a presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if NY Post is far right, seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Please keep this communication just between us and Jack and no need to CC the team or forward it to them. Just wanted to offer my two cents. So he is saying you shouldn't do this. This is a bad policy to do. Obviously, with what happened with the Trump uh, tax returns with that the New York Times printed that came from a hacked uh, a hack job, you know, uh, that came from a hack job, you let that go. You knew it was hacked. You let that go. This you're saying is not. You are showing your partisan. I am partisan, but you are showing it so incredibly hard right now. You need to let it go, and this will probably yep. wash over that's he, he's he's right on that you know 
He is well. He was right up until the part where he said that there were innocuous emails and that it. it Yeah. Oh yeah. And he was insinuating that it would wash over, because uh, as more and more information started coming out about the laptop, in basic polls they were saying that seventeen percent either wouldn't have voted Democrat or uh, would have switched and voted for Trump, which was like the entire independent vote which would have won him Pennsylvania. It would have won him Wisconsin. It would have won him Arizona. It would have won him um, Michigan. And that would have been enough for him to win the election by a lot. Yeah. 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 No, definitely would have had an impact. But on on the principal side of things, yes, he was right. Um, We often talk about, you know, the solution is not just the solution, but the outcome of the solution itself. And he's talking about that, that forward thinking of, Hey, you guys are trying to do this. I understand why you guys are trying to do this. It's wrong for you guys to try to do this. But then also the the results of your solution is also going to be worse in in the effect. And I agree with that entirely. Now, of course, it doesn't fare well for his party. It doesn't fare well for the Biden campaign. What he did say, what he did say that was absolutely correct. It also is now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would would have been a mistake. And that is 100% true. When you see a lot of the people on the right, uh, Republicans mainly, talking about, we need to get rid of Section 230. We need to get rid of Section 230. Section 230 states that your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, your Instagram, whatever, um, they cannot be held liable for what you say on their platform. If you get rid of Section 230, you get rid of that, and they can be held liable for the things that you say on their platform, they will absolutely censor the hell out of you more than they do now. Yep. More than they the, do the, now. For the fact checkers out there, Section 230 of the Common uh, Communications Decency Act is just literally one line long. It is no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. That means that Twitter is not liable for what the New York Post released. But if you remove Section 230, now Twitter has to actively engage with every post before it comes up to make sure that it is something that they agree with, that they align with. And so this is actually um, in the way that it would if just curtailing it or removing it would mean that, you know, our communication from one to another would have even more safeguards in between. Um, So those direct messages would then become indirect messages um, and and we'd be further and further away from private messaging as a standalone. Yeah. So. At this time, Carl Zabo of the research firm net choice like it had become a huge thing so he went out and he uh got together 12 members of congress nine republicans three democrats from the house uh judiciary committee and he pulled them on a lot of things having to do with social media um he sent this to the public policy head lauren culberston uh over at twitter now, the report was saying that people were angry about what was going on from both sides. People, uh, people, the Democrats that were polled didn't think that Twitter had gone far enough. People on the right said it shouldn't have happened at all, um, that this was the tipping point for tech, uh, that this was their Hollywood uh, 
I don't remember the wording that was used for it, but um, access Hollywood moment for big tech. But uh, the most incredible thing that was in there was this. The Democrats, meanwhile, complained that the companies are inept. They let conservatives muddy the water. They shout. They give us a shout out here, so I appreciate them. Hey yo, um, and make the Biden campaign look corrupt, even though Biden is innocent. They link this to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. She did nothing wrong, but because the press wouldn't let the story go, it became a scandal far out of proportion. In their mind, social media is doing the same thing. It doesn't moderate enough harmful content. So when it does, like it did yesterday, it becomes a story. If the companies moderated more, conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, or otherwise. The Democrats were in agreement. Social media needs to moderate more because they're corrupting democracy and making all truth relative. When pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, they demurred the First Amendment is an absolute. And if you were to take that and go over all of the stuff that came out from 2020, 2021, and 2022, all of the stuff that we were told wasn't true. We were said, the Hunter Biden laptop thing is disinformation. Well, now CBS, two years later, after I watched all of those videos in 2020, that I was told on this show by people who were principled libertarians uh, that I was spreading Russian disinformation. I did not see all of those pictures and all of those videos of Hunter Biden getting a foot job because it was Russian disinformation. Yes, I saw that video. It exists. If Squiggly Line Guy is in the comments, he can definitely back me up on that. Um, I did not watch all of this because it was Russian disinformation. I watched it because it was real and they sold it to you as Russian disinformation. You bought it hook, line and sinker. And two years later, you're finally admitting that it was right, but you're not going back and being like, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. When we were saying, Hey, you can't make a vaccine for a virus because viruses mutate. Viruses want to live. If you come up with a way to kill it, the virus will change. You will have a different a series of the virus that are going to come out and the the vaccine won't work on them. And now they're saying that yep. getting the vaccine doesn't actually, it doesn't protect you from the virus. It doesn't stop you from spreading the virus. We were saying that in 2021, every piece of major information that we've been saying from the beginning is now coming out. And if the Democrats had their way, as they're saying right here in this, in this uh, report from net choice, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been able to say any of the stuff that we were saying and two years later we would be like well everything we said was true but we would be off the internet we've been sitting here giving truth pill after truth pill being called conspiracies being called russian uh propagandists being called you know what ha- chinese propagandists whatever whatever the enemy of that day is we are supporting them because we're not giving you guys what the mainstream media is giving you guys and then two weeks two months two years later we stand here and we're like hey we were correct and you know so that's why you guys keep coming here so we appreciate each and every one of you guys for continuing to like share and and be a part of the show but that last line in there um of course this this line is something that we hear all the time 
the blank amendment is an absolute. Isn't absolute. They're using the first amendment here because it's applicable. The second amendment is an absolute. The fourth amendment is an absolute. When do we hear these lines? Of course, when they're trying to say we need just to curtail what the American public can do. And so we need to find ways of justifying further infringements upon these things rather than understanding the tenor or the intent of these amendments, uh, understanding like why it is that they were there. Um, which is why I am still a Lysander Spooner, whether it be one thing or another, this much is clear. The Constitution allows for the government that we have or is incapable of stopping it. In either case, it's unfit to exist. Um, I was going to say, is, it, is there a amendment that hasn't been... Okay, so First Amendment, third. isn't that the quartering of soldiers? It's the last absolute amendment. It's not. There was a hotel... There was a hotel somewhere where uh, I believe it was either the National Guard or the Reserves was in town and they took rooms from the hotel and said, no, you have to let them stay there. And they sued on it and they ended up getting it. It is not absolute anymore. Oh, no. I'm upset now. I yeah, am it, genuinely upset now. It is not absolute anymore. There, there was a there was a case on it, and they ended up ruling that they could do it uh, because they were doing it like it was the I don't remember the case exactly because I wasn't ready to talk about this, but they uh, were preparing for whoever's at my front door. Oh God, I hope that's not. Um, but they they were preparing for like military maneuvers or something like that or you know war games and they needed somewhere to house all of these military members whether it was national guards or reserves or whatever and they went to a hotel and they said hey you need to give us rooms and they were like no and they said no you got to give us rooms and it ended up becoming and it was a violation of the third amendment but i think they ended up being able allowed to do it without compensation so no every bit of the constitution when it comes to limiting the federal government and the government has been infringed upon um which was literally these the whole entire purpose of the constitution was an agreement on what powers were to be delegated to the federal government and everything not granted to this by the 10th amendment everything not granted to the federal government fell to the states or the people respectively so it was it put restrictions on the federal government it said that you can't do this on speech. You can't take away people's guns. You can't go and move into people's houses. Uh, that you can't arrest people without cause. That you uh, have to give them a speedy trial. That I don't remember the rest of them off the top of my head. But um, it, it restricted the. It wasn't giving them power. It was restricting their power, and that was the point. And then the Tenth Amendment, which honestly, a lot of people are going to disagree, say I'm wrong here, but uh, gun control is one of the reasons that the 10th amendment was thrown out the window because states started making their own gun control and the supreme court said no because the constitution says this you can't do this here and that ended up giving the federal government more reign over what the states did yeah no by virtue of like for example the seatbelt laws or uh lindsey graham the senator from my state 
um, tried to implement um, red flag laws by saying we can't implement red flag laws across all 50 states. But if you're a state that implements red flag laws, we're going to send you a bunch of money. And so this is that those same investment deals. Um, we saw this with seatbelt laws. States were not implementing seatbelt laws back in the 80s. And so they said, hey, if you implement these seatbelt laws, we're going to send you a bunch of money for your highways. And they were like, deal um you know we we saw a bunch of things like that in the in the past maybe it was in the 90s but um this is yeah, that this was the is 90s. where yeah um this is kind of how those infringements come through but it, it at the end of the day what 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 is clear is that the powers to limit and constrain the government federal government into the box that clearly is not absolute um and they will find any justification in order to encourage or to explicitly uh violate your rights and it, so if you think about it, the way that this has deteriorated over time uh hasn't been all that long in 1980 something um in 1980 something ronald reagan said well if you don't make it where your drinking age is 21 or above, you're not going to get any federal highway funding. He said, you don't have to because we can't do that. We cannot make you do this as the federal government. You can have whatever laws you want in that state. But if you don't, we're not going to give you money for your federal highways. Flash forward to 2018-ish, I think. I don't remember. It was during Trump's administration, uh, they voted to make smoking 21 and up nationwide, smoking tobacco, uh, any nicotine, 21 and up nationwide at the federal level. Yep. And it passed. There was no, if you don't do this, you're not going to get hospital, federal hospital funding. It wasn't that. It wasn't withholding your tax dollars for you know things that you need in your state. It was, no. You're just going to do this. We don't care. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was, it was 30 ish years in which this switch happened. Yeah. It, it took them absolutely no time. And president Trump was happy to sign that. And I believe he even has some comments specifically to that because it was a part of a giant omnibus bill and everyone was like, Hey, do you guys realize this is a part of the bill? Like I, we, we understand like those in DC don't actually read the bills. Uh, they don't actually care what's in them. They just know if their side gets enough earmarks in them that they're, they're told by their leadership to go ahead and sign in favor of them. Um, a few def uh, defectors just in order to, to throw us off the case, it feels like. Um, but it was one of those things that they were just like, Hey, this is a part of that, that, Suddenly now you have young men and women signing up as early as 17 to go fight in these wars across the across the globe to fight for um, for businesses and for the military industrial complex. But they're going to come home and they can't even smoke a cigarette anymore. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Sign. And President Trump's like, this is the greatest bill I've ever signed. Trillions of dollars are going on the debt right now because of this bill I'm signing. And I saved so many people. It. So many people aren't going to get lung cancer now. It's great. It's fantastic. It's just wonderful. So it, Philip Morris didn't give me any money kinda, anyway. They just kind of <laughs> do what they want to do because their powers are are absolute uh, in their eyes, and they can find ways to to wiggle the system to shake the tree enough that the 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 fruits of liberty can fall off of it, and they're left with more power as a as a as a result of that. So. 
these are the kind of things that we should expect when they say your rights are not absolute. They're just saying that they're going to find a way in order to take them away. Yeah, that was a really long uh, tangent and went way off the tracks to tell them that. Um, I told you it was going to go crazy. It was. Um, so since this happened on Friday, which, what, 48 hours ago? Yeah, it was about 48 hours ago it ended. Um, since this went on on Friday, people from all over have been – people from all over have been um, – you can see where they line up because we, when George Washington left office, what he said was we should never become a two-party country because there will come a time in the party history in which people care more about party than they do about country. And we hit that, I would argue, in the 90s. I would argue in the 90s we hit that. Um it's maybe early 2000s but definitely in the 90 the night yeah the 90s is where i would actually put it um we hit that in the 90s and it's only gotten worse so after taibi uh put all of this out the biases were showing and a lot of people were pointing to not that one this one nope this one, both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, they're all ignoring the however. They're saying Trump did it too. Why is nobody talking about that? Point to me the damning article about Trump that didn't go out, that didn't make the news cycle. Point to that article and I'll say, okay, it was fair, even and balanced. But it wasn't. And <laughs> we haven't ahead. even gotten finished with the January 6th thing, and it's been two years. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, side, like, side note my favorite thing is you can kind of tell another way that people, where people lie, if they're like, what Jason said, we're not done with January 6th, but it's been two years. If you're somebody who wants to really focus on January 6th, you say January 6th was last year. Because it was. We're it at was, the end of the year. I know. I heard somebody say it last week. So. Yeah. I was like, you can say two years now. We're 22 yeah, months away. Yeah, you can away. definitely say two years. Yeah, you, you, you're a month, literally a month and two days away from it being two years. Yeah. Um, the partisanship now is outstanding, and you see it. You, If you see somebody, and there are a lot of people who are libertarians uh, on the internet who are saying, this means nothing, you know, blah, 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 it's still Russian disinformation, yada, yada, yada. I won't name names here because I don't think those people are worth me saying their name on this show because they're... They're propagandists for the mainstream media? That is a much nicer term than I was going to use. There we go. That's yeah. why That's why I'm here for. To round things out, to make things look less terrible than what yeah. they are. Um. But that, but that is where we are. And you see people who are saying one side, you see people who are saying the other side. 
the fact of the matter is, and the way that we line up on it is because as libertarians, we muddied waters media, anybody who follows us on Facebook knows that we have been shadow banned since early 2020, early 2020. Yes. We had a moment before that, but yes. When did Andrew Yang get in? Andrew Yang was running in 2020. He was, but okay. So actually 2019, it was 2019 because that was when he first announced in like the Yang gang thing. Oh, geez. We made so many Yang gang. We made so many Yang gang posts in a 24 hour (laughs) period. We got shadow banned because of it. And it was only one of us that did it. And it's the one of us who's not on this show. And I I did post I posted two I think did you I didn't post any because I was like I don't it understand was... why we're doing this but whatever um <laughs> so and we got shadow banned in 2019 because of this and we haven't been able to claw our way out of it since uh, we've had people say we will post things on our page uh, Eskimo Libertarian know it she's like we will post things on our page. She'll post things on Eskimo Libertarian and it will get, you know, hundreds, thousands of likes, whatever, tons of views. She will share something from our page. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Facebook has been shadow banning us since 2019 and it absolutely has nothing to do with us being on Republicans because we're not. It's because of how we see the world and the changes that we want to make. When we heard this story, we knew this story was true, 100% true, because it had been happening to us at Muddied Waters Media since 2019. I've known many friends, many friends who had been kicked off Facebook, kicked off Twitter because of things that they posted that was deemed misinformation, disinformation, or the other one that I can't think of right now. And it's because the people in charge disagree with what we're saying, are afraid that what we are doing is going to get a following, and they try to silence us in the way that they can. And they've been successful at it. Yes. Elon threw a monkey wrench into this. Massively. Yes. He had a tweet that was really good um, on this, and and he had said, you know, when you're being attacked by both the, the right and the left, for the lack of censorship and the lack of like control over the speech, you're doing the right thing. And just letting an algorithm be created that allows for anyone to say anything and for the natural feedback and for the natural flow of things, the more naked that your algorithm is, is the better it is for speech. Now, granted, this is something that we see a lot of fear in um, from the media companies because if they don't get to control the narrative, the narrative is uncontrollable. Um, people get afraid of the idea that they don't have to have, they don't have control over others. And so this is why things like gab.ai, where they allowed for anyone to come onto those platforms, there were people with egregious views that came onto those platforms. And those were quickly the scapegoats as to why, uh, um, uh, Apple and Google took them off their store was because Parler, we don't Parler want platforms was a big for white supremacists. Yeah, Parler was another one. Parler and was a and big so, one. you know, right now you have where Apple is looking at, do we want to keep Twitter on our platform? Um, because that's been so threat- that 
Tim Tim Cook and Elon Musk had a sit down. Yeah. And that's not going to happen because what Tim Cook knows is Elon can make a phone. Yeah. And Tim Cook knows that enough people with iPhones like Elon enough to switch. Yeah. No, I have coworkers that are like, I refuse to buy any kind of phone. They still have like the old, old, old flip phones. You know, the ones that you can like a borderline Nokia strength. Um, they still have those. And they were like, you know, if Elon the makes ones a that phone you can line, knock out somebody with. Yeah, you could you can almost use it as a nuclear weapon just by throwing it as hard as you can. at somebody. Yeah. It's going to cause an explosion um, and not the phone itself, just the, the rock and the debris around it. Yeah, the phone will be. But fine. they they. Yeah. They said, and the batteries last forever. Um, but they said, you know, I'm not willing to go buy any of the new phones. I don't want a new phone. But if he comes out with a phone, I'm going to go ahead and get one. Because while I may not trust this businessman, while I may not trust this billionaire, he is a lot better than the alternative. And and that, I I can't disagree with him. For somebody who is arguing for transparency, and a lot of people are upset, um, that he hasn't brought back Alex Jones or some of the other uh, big names, if you will, on on Facebook after he just re- or on Twitter after he just removed Kanye West permanently for the uh, commentary that swastika. he had recent. Um, he did a swastika with the with the star of David in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, after he removed those people, he he's publicly come out and explained why he was just like, you know, I've. I've had a child die in my arms. I'm not going to take it lightly that somebody did what Alex Jones did. Um, And, you know, clearly for the Kanye thing, that's something that has really challenged a lot of people and, and rightfully so, but you know, Hitler was not a good person. Um, I feel like that's self explanatory, but it's, um, it's going to be, it's one of those things that people are going to be, more trustworthy with somebody who is much more transparent than what we've had with Twitter in the past and Facebook as they are today. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, my kilobytes per second just dropped down to like nothing. Um, so hopefully we're still, hopefully we're still going live, but yeah, we just dropped. Uh, so we're going to have to try to wrap it up before my internet goes out completely. But, um, yeah, no, it's it, it's not looking good on the other side. Um, so, uh, James Woods, James Woods is one of the people who was easily, yeah, it says I'm coming in at 277 kilobytes per second. Um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Now 42. Yeah, that looks terrible. Yeah. Um, no idea what's happening on that one. Uh, James Woods was one of the people that was kicked off of Twitter because of this stuff. He is now back on. He is planning a lawsuit uh, against – it can't be against Twitter. Audio is still good. Cool. Uh, it can't be against Twitter that he's doing the lawsuit. Who's the lawsuit going to be against? Can I you guess you would name the names oh. of the people involved. Yeah. All right. So he is planning to uh, sue um, and Donald Trump. Being Donald Trump with a pure non-understanding of how anything works in this country, uh, truthed out, I guess, I don't know, said, 
So with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election result of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even though even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. You can't throw out the Constitution. There's nothing in there that says throw it out. Not in there. Also, Don, baby, you didn't believe the results of the 2020 election and you said there was massive voter fraud. You are claiming voter fraud in Arizona and other places. Why would you trust the elections now? Why would you be like, no, these elections, they're going to be perfectly fine, perfectly safe. They're all going to be like Florida. No. You're not going to believe the results of these elections. And if you don't believe the results of these elections, the left won't believe the results of these elections. That's it. it. It's one of those things. It's like why we should trust the ATF, because without actually changing anything from burning dozens of children there at Waco, Texas, without changing anything about the way that they've done, they would never do that again. Um, no. We don't trust them. They're still killing dogs at a high enough rate that they keep the statistics on it. Um, they, you know, and police are still having 40% uh, admitting to beating their wives and their spouses um, and still being on, on payroll and still working. So without changing the system, why would it become more integritous? Why would you trust it more? Oh, unless it came with a favorable outcome in your way. It's one of those things that this is he tried to do the framing of it was a fraudulent election. If I didn't win, I didn't win. It's a fraudulent election. Here's some evidence. Here's some speculation. Here's some perspectives that shows that it was fraudulent. And then now that another uh, another scandal comes out, we could just throw out everything in the world in order to make sure that I become God Emperor King of the country once again. Anything, anything I can, anything I can. Um, Ethan, I can't, why yeah, the, is the animation this? is incredible. If you guys have not watched this, go ahead and go, 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 pause the podcast on the audio only format and go watch this. Um, <laughs> it's AOL uh, dial up of like downloading a picture one, one frame at a time. Is it, is it back to doing that thing? Oh, it's back to doing that thing. That thing where we got the, the the Titanic song meme. Um, oh, oh, it's try worse not, than that. Is it really? I'm just going to try not to blink for the next hour. Um, you can't see oh, it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Enough with that. Oh, um, that's cool. Man, I look like I'm an anonymous. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's actually just going to be a really good picture. We now have a new title screen. We're just going to snapshot one of those and be like, who are the two guests for Muddy America? Oh, yeah. It's like guess that Pokemon, but it's us every time. The so world's worst game show. Go ahead. As we <laughs> like, as we knew from the beginning, as we knew from the beginning, Twitter colluded with members of the Biden team and the Democrat Party to ensure that this story would not get the reach that it was supposed to get. We know that this story, had it gotten the full reach, would have changed the outcome of the election. 
Twitter did more harm to this election, whether you like the results or not. Twitter did more harm to this election than any Russia propaganda, misinformation, disinformation campaign could have. And it was done by an American company that wanted to ensure that Donald Trump did not get back in office. Yep. Hmm. But we have fair and safe elections whenever I win. So that's <laughs> that's the moral of today's story, guys. We, we, we went through this hour and a half show to tell you guys that elections are good if I win and they're fraudulent and bad if I didn't throw out the Constitution. Um, here's a fun fact. Today is the six-year anniversary of Muddy Waters. That's incredible. Six yeah. years. Six years. Muddy Waters of Freedom... The Tuesday show will be the six-year anniversary of Muddied Waters of Freedom. That's incredible. Congratulations, yes. Matt. What an Thank incredible you. company you've made. Um, we are doing big and amazing things here. I'm so we excited are. to be a part of this. Uh, I'm going to get all sentimental for a little bit. I'm going to cry a couple times, get, catch a couple tears. But no, honestly, I mean, that's incredible, man. I, I, I was just thinking back and and because we were talking about it. We were talking about the 2016 election and that's where I got my start was yeah. during the election. It was during I, the, I got it right uh, after. Yeah. Uh, it was during the debate stages. I was people were like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, well, let me just talk about this to people. And that's where my start was. So I'm over six years of doing this. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we have 12 years of podcasting experience between us. Um, Dozens. So tune in <laughs> dozens of years of experience um so tune in on tuesday where alex snicker is going to be joining me in studio to uh go over the week's events i'm certain we'll talk a little bit about the last six years of muddied waters and uh we will uh tell you all about the stuff that's going on that doesn't involve elon musk and twitter Sweet. And then next Friday, you can tune in for me on Mr. America, the Beard of Truth. I will have on Dwayne Lester. I don't remember the topic, but we're going to be talking about some good stuff of teaching and learning uh, as he travels the country to teach people about how to be better activists, how to get get engaged and how to, how to influence others. Um, so it's going to be one hell of a show. I'm excited for that one. And I will keep you guys updated on the website. We will get those last couple episodes up there. Somebody's behind on doing that. <laughs> and until then, we will see you all soon. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have a great week. And uh, we will see you this weekend. Um, what do, we, do, we, do we have anything we want to close with? Or, no, I don't care. Nah, be good. Be well. We'll see you guys soon. <laughs>